April showers bring Mayflowers, but what do Mayflowers bring? A special offer from the DSR Network. For the month of May, become a member and receive 20% off a monthly or annual membership. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, exclusive bonus content, our evening members-only newsletter, and an invitation to continue the conversation via our members-only Slack community. This offer won't last, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code MAYFLOWERS, one word, to receive your discount. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code MAYFLOWERS. Thank you for your support. It's May 4th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. After a U.S. Coast Guard veteran opened fire inside a waiting room in an Atlantic medical building Wednesday morning, killing one woman and injuring four others, authorities say the suspect led law enforcement on an hours-long manhunt that finally concluded when a tipster helped lead police to his location in a neighboring county. CNN reports that the suspect, Dion Patterson, had a medical appointment at the Northside Medical Midtown facility and was seeking new treatment because he was dissatisfied with the care he was getting from the Department of Veteran Affairs, his mother told investigators, according to a high-level source with the Atlantic Police Department. But while in the facility, Patterson became agitated, pulled out a handgun and began firing, the source told CNN. As law enforcement swarmed into the area, Authorities say Patterson was fleeing the building on foot, then hijacking a car and escaping. During the ensuing eight-hour search for the suspect, investigators scrambled to track Patterson as he fled into neighboring Cobb County, drawing on camera technology systems and information provided by his family, police explained. But it was ultimately a tip that led an undercover officer to the suspect's location Wednesday night. The Guardian reports that residents of the key southern Ukrainian city of Kyrgyzstan are stocking up on food and water after another night of heavy Russian shelling and before an announced 56-hour curfew due to begin on Friday evening. A number said they planned to stay indoors before the curfew and planned closure of the city, adding that they had slept in their clothes or gone to shelters because of the intensity of the Russian attack. The violence in Kyrgyzstan has increased markedly this week, with 23 people killed by Russian strikes in the region on Wednesday, including a deadly bombardment of a supermarket that killed eight people. There is mounting speculation about the timing of the long-anticipated Ukrainian spring counteroffensive, which officials have suggested may be imminent. Russian President Vladimir Putin must be brought to justice for his war in Ukraine, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said on Thursday during a visit to The Hague, where the International Criminal Court is based. According to Reuters, the ICC in March issued an arrest warrant for Putin for suspected deportation of children from Ukraine, and the European Commission has set another international center for the prosecution of the crime of aggression in Ukraine, would be set up in the Hague. Russia, which is not a member of the ICC and rejects its jurisdiction, denies committing atrocities during its conflict with Ukraine, 
which it terms a special operation, to demilitarize its neighbor. The ICC can prosecute genocide in Ukraine, but has no jurisdiction over alleged crimes of aggression by Russia there. An act of aggression is defined by the United Nations as the invasion or attack by the armed forces of a state on the territory of another state or any military occupation. Elsewhere, the New York Times reports that Federal Reserve officials, as expected, raised interest rates by a quarter point on Wednesday, the tenth straight increase in an aggressive campaign to tame rapid inflation. But they also opened the door to pausing rate increases as their policies combined with bank turmoil to weigh down the economy. Central bankers lifted rates to a range of 5 to 5.25%, a level they had not reached since the summer of 2007. The move capped the fastest series of rate increases since the 1980s. But in their statement announcing the decision, policymakers also tempered language around future rate increases, saying that additional moves may be appropriate. Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, underscored in a news conference following the release that any additional changes would hinge on incoming economic data. Taken together, those statements were a meaningful shift in the Fed's stance. For months, officials had assumed that additional increases would be needed. Now they could stop raising interest rates at any upcoming meeting, perhaps as soon as their gathering on June 13th through the 14th. According to the Washington Post, the two generals fighting for power in Sudan battled on Wednesday to seize more strategic positions controlling oil infrastructure, military factories, and prominent landmarks ahead of the latest attempt at a ceasefire scheduled for the next day. The division of key sites and towns between the two sides means that both forces are digging in and neither has gained a definitive upper hand in the fighting yet. That risks prolonging the conflict since neither side sees a reason to negotiate and both still believe they might win, said Alan Boswell, Horn of Africa director for the International Crisis Group. Analysts say the military's ability to resupply means it may benefit from a longer war. The paramilitary rapid support force has spent years building up its weapon stockpiles but does not have the same logistics capabilities for needs like food or treating the wounded. Instead, it has looted supplies and taken over hospitals. The RSF's advantage, however, lies in its battle experience and maneuverability. It is able to defend its positions in the cities, and its units have been setting up bases and homes in residential neighborhoods in the capital, lessening the military's advantage in heavy weaponry such as tanks and fighter jets. The seven-day ceasefire is expected to take effect today. Politico has a story on the town of Poundbury, King Charles's experimental development. The city is located three hours south of London, though aesthetically it feels as if it's centuries removed from the dense, modern British capital. At first glance, the place seems grand and storied, but as you wander from one building to another, the quaint historic village feels disconcertingly fake. That's because it is. Prior to 1993, this rainy, windswept corner of Dorset was just muddy farmland, but for the past 30 years, Prince Charles, the soon-to-be-crowned King Charles III, 
has used it to build a physical representation of what he thinks British communities should look like. But the model village is more than a royal lark. It's a calling card for the new king's idealized vision of his country, one remarkably well-matched with that of post-Brexit Britain. According to Reuters, the White House will host CEOs of top artificial intelligence companies, including Alphabet Inc.'s Google and Microsoft on Thursday, to discuss risks and safeguards as the technology catches the attention of governments and lawmakers globally. We aim to have a frank discussion about the risks we see in current and near-term AI development, said a senior administration official, speaking on the condition of anonymity because of the sensitivity of the matter. Our North Star here is this idea that if we're going to seize these benefits, we have to start by managing the risks. Ahead of the meeting, the administration announced a $140 million investment from the National Science Foundation to launch seven new AI research institutes and said the White House's Office of Management and Budget would release policy guidelines on the use of AI by the federal government. In lighter news from the UPI, Florida deputies responding to a 911 call about a fight in progress in a residential neighborhood arrived to find the street brawlers were a pair of feuding goats. The Putnam County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post that deputies were summoned to a neighborhood in Palatka where a resident had reported a fight in progress. The suspects were pretty mad at one another, and the fight escalated into the yards of nearby residences. Both were pretty hard-headed, but officers managed to separate Wrangle and bring them to the Putnam County Jail. The sheriff's office said deputies were later able to make contact with the owner of the escaped goats. If you have a strange but true story that you'd like to share, please email us at podcasts at the dsrnetwork.com. The story should come from a reputable news source and be verifiable. If we use the story, we'll include a shout out to the person who sent it. That's all the news I have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.